People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Now is the time that we bring you the virtual stage of our 12th Achieving Optimal Health Conference at Georgetown University. To experience this talk with all the videos, slides, and graphics, head over to the BBNR website where you can enjoy the entire day of archives of eight incredible speakers for just $29. Go to bbnrconsulting.us and click on store. One more time, visit our store at bbnrconsulting.us. Thanks for staying curious and for living your best life with us. We are so thrilled to welcome Dr. Julie Fouché. She's another one of our guests who hails from the prestigious Cleveland Clinic. We're in awe of Dr. Fouché. And honestly, what this woman has <laughs> accomplished is absolutely amazing. And she's so young. I know. <laughs> she's not only worked so hard to become a medical doctor, she's one of the most dominating American CrossFit athletes of our time. Incredible. Please welcome Dr. Julie Fouché. Thank you so much, Doro and Trisha. I am so excited to be here and be a part of the Achieving Optimal Health Conference today. So hello, everyone. Today, I'm excited to be talking about awakening your inner athlete. And you might think that I'm going to teach you how you can all be professional athletes, but that's not the case. I'm here to take some lessons that I learned during my time as a professional athlete and help us all apply that to our lives and our goals, no matter what they are, athletic or otherwise. So today I'm Dr. Julie Fouché. I'm a primary care doctor. I'm working for an innovative precision medicine company called Wild Health. I host a podcast and I'm a passionate advocate for using CrossFit and lifestyle to promote health. But 10 years ago, while I was going to medical school, I was a professional CrossFit Games athlete. And I think back to what my life was like during that time. Every decision that I made in every area of life revolved around my goal of becoming the fittest woman on earth and winning the CrossFit Games. Such great detail went into planning my training, my recovery, nutrition, sleep, and even my mental preparation. So just to give you some idea, here is what my daily life looked like. For nutrition, I ate real food always, usually some combination of chicken, eggs, salmon, vegetables, sweet potatoes, and nuts and seeds. I remember at one point my treat was once a week I would have a square of 90% dark chocolate. It's hard to imagine <laughs> going back to that time. With my training, I was extremely regimented. I had a coach who wrote every single workout that I did, and I wouldn't miss a thing. I spent three to five hours in the gym per day. Recovery days were still running or swimming or doing some sort of recovery exercise. I carefully selected training partners who would help me to be my best in every single training session. And I worked with specialist coaches for gymnastics, endurance, weightlifting, and strategy so that I could be my best in each of those domains. When it comes to recovery, I paid special attention to this. I knew that I was putting a lot of strain on my body, and so I also had to help it recover well. I got massages. I worked with chiropractors, physical therapists made sure that I did stretching and recovery activities every single day. And then the mental preparation. I worked with a sports psychologist. I did meditation and breathing exercises. I visualized myself having success in competitions and in practices. I used mantras to rewire some of my limiting beliefs, and I looked up to role models who were successful in every area that I wanted to be. So because my focus was on my goal 
and I had all of this planning. It was very easy for me to say no to obligations that would interfere with this plan. So staying out late with friends, a vacation trip where I wouldn't have access to training, eating dessert, I would always ask myself, is this going to bring me closer or further away to my goal? And because I was so committed to that goal, it was usually an easy decision to make in the moment. So even though I didn't reach my ultimate goal of becoming the fittest on earth in the end, I ended up in second place. And then my final year, my career ended with an injury. I learned and grew so much because of this focused pursuit. And when I retired, at first, it was nice to be a bit more relaxed. I enjoyed more sweets. I didn't worry about having a drink or staying out late to celebrate a friend's birthday. But eventually, I started to feel a bit lost. I had a new goal and a new why. So I was in medical school and finishing my medical training to become a family doctor so that I could help people optimize their health and prevent disease through CrossFit and lifestyle on a larger scale. I was hosting a podcast, but I wasn't bringing the same level of planning and focus to this goal as I had before when I was an athlete. And I started to think, if I put so much effort and focus into every single detail of my goal of winning an athletic competition, which was certainly fun and came with a lot of benefits, wouldn't I want to put even more effort and focus into my next goal, which would be along the lines of fulfilling my life's purpose and transforming as many lives as possible as a doctor? So now, why was I sacrificing sleep or nutrition or recovery because I didn't have a short-term athletic goal when I knew in reality these were all still really important for me in reaching my goals long-term? Why wasn't I using my tools like meditation or visualization or mantras if I knew that they were proven to work and had worked for me in the past when I was chasing my athletic goals? How could I apply these to my new goals and my new pursuits? So I started to ask myself, can we all benefit from approaching our lives and our goals like athletes? We don't have to be the next LeBron James or Simone Biles or Tom Brady to bring the same level of attention and focus to our own life and goals. So I'd like to talk with you about what this might look like and how we can all approach our lives and our goals like athletes. So step one would be to identify your goal and your why. And arguably, for all of us, no matter what our why is in life, our health likely plays an important role in achieving it long term. If we want to be around for a while and vibrant and able to do the things that we want to do in life, we all know it's important to put our own oxygen mask on first, to take care of ourselves so that we can be our best for everyone else in our lives, for the world, and for our greater purpose. I really love this question, which was posed by Dr. Wayne Jonas, who's a family physician and author and the former director of the NIH Office of Alternative Medicine. He asks all of his patients, what do you want your health for? So I'd love for you to just take a moment and pause and think about your answer to this question. What is your goal and your why? And what do you want your health for? In order to truly change our health and our behaviors, it helps us to attach them to our greater why or purpose. So just as my clear vision of my goal to become the fittest on earth made it really easy for me to make decisions like going to bed early or saying no thanks to an extra piece of cake, knowing your why and what health behaviors will get you there makes it a lot easier to make those decisions in the moment. So now that you've thought about your why, the next step is to take an honest assessment or inventory of where you are now. Really take a hard look at yourself. Um, ask the people who are closest to you, your family and friends who know you the best and are willing to tell you the truth. 
what has to change about you or your life or your habits or your behaviors in order for you to reach that goal that's so important for you, in order for you to reach that why. Our next step is going to be make a plan. So we know what your goal is, what your why is. We know where you are now and where you want to be. How are you going to get there? And this is where it's time to really dig deep, elicit help, look at experts, do some research. If this is the most important thing to you, your why and your goal, just like an athlete, seek out the best of the best. It's worth the time and the effort and the resources because it's you and your life and your goals. So I thought we could take the next few minutes and go through some of our most common health behaviors that are important for health long-term and longevity. And as we go through each of these as some food for thought, let's just take an inventory of where you are now. At the top of the list is going to be eat real food, eat food that came from nature. We probably have some Michael Pollan fans in the audience. I love the quotes that he uses to describe real food. He says, don't eat anything that your great-great-grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. Or if it came from a plant, eat it. But if it was made in a plant, don't. It's that simple. Is it in a package? Does it have more than five ingredients? Or is sugar one of the first three ingredients? These are ways to determine whether or not the food that you're eating is real food or processed food. Is it found around the perimeter of the grocery store? Um, These are ways to make sure that you're eating food that's fresh and that's real food. Avoiding processed foods and sugar we know is important because these foods lack the nutrients that your body needs and they're engineered to hijack your metabolism and influence us to eat more than we need. We know that sugar is addictive and it's associated with a wide range of chronic diseases. Next would be fruit and vegetables. So there was a study in 2017 that found that those who ate 10 servings of fruits and vegetables per day had the greatest reduction in risk of heart disease, cancer, and dying from any cause. And this study estimated that 7.8 million premature deaths in the study year could have been attributable to fruit and vegetable intake below 10 servings per day. So something as simple as making sure you're getting those fruits and vegetables could potentially have a huge impact on our health and longevity and our ability to live out our purpose, our goals, and our why. Next would be protein intake. I think this is one of the macronutrients that I see most commonly under-consumed in my patients. It's important for all of us, but especially in older individuals. For those who are moving or exercising, getting at least 1.2 to 1.5 grams per kilogram per day of protein is important. And just to simplify this, for someone who weighs 150 pounds, that's going to be about 90 grams of protein per day. That means if you split it up over the course of three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, aiming for 25 to 30 grams per meal will get you there. That's usually one serving about a palm size of protein per meal. And it's important to get that much at a time in order to stimulate muscle growth as well. Next, I would talk about having at least a 12-hour fasting window. So studies have shown that over half of adults eat around 15 hours per day or more. So this means we're spending the majority of our day eating. And that means that it prevents us from going into a state where our bodies can rest and digest to enhance resilience to stress, to maintain and repair damaged cells and reduce inflammation. This period of fasting is really important for a lot of bodily functions. And so starting with at least 12 hours fasting each night will allow your body that time to be able to repair. Now we have to make sure that certain populations, um, fasting may be something to exercise caution with. So those who are undernourished, who have eating disorders, pregnant or breastfeeding women, 
or those who are overstressed. So it's always something that you want to talk to your doctor about first. Next, let's talk about exercise. So after we've taken our inventory of where we stand with food and what are some areas that we may want to bring focus or attention to, let's think about our movement patterns. So we know exercise, if it were a drug, would be one of the most powerful drugs out there. It reduces our risks of cardiovascular disease, metabolic disease, cancer, falls, it improves brain health, and so much more. And we know that those who exercise at least 150 minutes per week have a 33% lower risk of death, which is huge. If there was a drug or any other intervention that had that big of an impact, we'd all be taking it. So Think about how much movement are you getting right now and know that any amount of movement helps. So this is taking a short break in the middle of work, going for a walk, doing some stretching. Even a five-minute bout of exercise will make a big difference and those things add up. So it's important also to think about different types of exercise. Are you incorporating some resistance exercise to build those muscles? aerobic exercise where you're getting your heart rate up a little bit and then balance and flexibility as well? I think it's also really important to make sure that you're making it fun. So what kind of exercise do you really enjoy? Is it going out and playing a game? Is it doing exercise with your friends? Is it something that can be a social activity for you? There's so many different ways to move and to exercise and figuring out how it fits best into your life is going to make you most successful. So once we've taken our inventory about movement and maybe have some ideas for where we want to improve there, let's talk about sleep. So sleep, we all know, and the research has been coming out even more strongly over the last several years, how important sleep is for our overall health and longevity. So are you getting enough quantity and quality of sleep? This means for most people about seven to nine hours per night of sleep. And quality really matters. If you're using a sleep tracker and looking at different phases of sleep, we want to aim for 1.5 hours of both deep and REM sleep at a minimum each night. Think about what your pre-bedtime routine is like. Are you setting yourself up for success to have good quality sleep each night? Thinking about a sleep environment that's cool, dark, and quiet can be helpful. Oftentimes, we don't realize, but temperature is one of the biggest signals for our body to go into sleep each night. So keeping your room somewhere around 65 degrees is generally going to be a good place for most people. Making sure that it's dark that you are wearing an eye mask or maybe have blackout blinds to make sure you have a good environment for sleep and that you're not being distracted by any noises that will wake you up. Substances are another big consideration. So especially if you're wearing a sleep tracker, it's a great way to determine what the impact of different substances are on you personally. Caffeine and alcohol being two of the biggest ones that can impact our sleep. Caffeine, especially if you're a slow metabolizer, can really affect sleep even if you're having it late morning or in the afternoon. So Playing around with your intake of caffeine and timing can be important, as well as alcohol, one of the biggest disruptors to our sleep architecture. And so minimizing alcohol intake, or if you are going to have it, trying to have it earlier in the night and less of it so that it doesn't impact your sleep can be really helpful long term. Then there's supporting our circadian rhythm. So that natural 24-hour rhythm that our body goes through that's signaled by light, signaled by food intake. Um, supporting this by getting some sunlight first thing in the morning, trying to have a consistent sleep bedtime and wake time every day, and then avoiding your blue light at night. So trying to get those get off of those screens or use blue light blocking glasses so that you don't have that signal late at night and your body can naturally fall into sleep. 
So those are some general tips for sleep. Think about where your sleep is. Is it something that you're paying attention to now? Are there areas where you could improve that could help improve your health long-term and help get you closer to your goals? The next area would be recovery. So I like to think about recovery as measuring how much stress is in your stress bucket. So looking at this picture here, I think about back when I was training for the CrossFit Games, I had a lot more stress. I had more training. I was also in school, the pressure. I had a lot more psychological stress. That means that there was a lot of water coming out of this bucket really quickly. So in order to keep it full, I had to fill it with a lot more uh, recovery techniques. That means a lot more sleep, paying a lot more attention to the details of my nutrition, making sure I was getting enough and good quality, and then looking at my recovery. And recovery can encompass a number of different activities, but I like to think about it as what are those activities that help you get into a peaceful state that really um, build your parasympathetic nervous system or that rest and digest state? Something that's so hard for us to come by these days when we're living our go, go, go lives, when we're constantly being stimulated by technology, social media, email, always being busy. It's hard to find that time and those activities that really allow your body to rest and be signaled that it's safe and it can relax. If you have access to an HRV tractor or heart rate variability tracker, that's a great way to assess your total parasympathetic state and how resilient your body is to stress. It's also a great way to measure any new interventions and the impact they have on you. If you make some changes to your sleep or you try a new mindfulness or meditation practice, what impact does that have on your HRV? And is it increasing your HRV and making you more resilient against stress and better recovered? Some ideas to try to improve recovery would be mindfulness and meditation, things like hot and cold therapy, getting into a cold plunge, taking a cold shower or a hot sauna or hot bath, stretching, body work. These are all things that can help with recovery. But the goal is to really balance these and take an honest look at what are your stressors? Do you have a lot of stressors right now with family, work, exercise, Um, other things in life? And if so, maybe it's time to add a little bit more to the recovery side of things to keep your bucket full. Then there's mindset. So this is one that was really big when I was training as an athlete. And I felt that once that goal wasn't there anymore, I wasn't as diligent about it as for, at first. And I thought, why not? If all of our, our goals that we're chasing are just as important or maybe more important, why wouldn't we put the same attention to our mindset? Gratitude is a really beneficial practice. We know that it helps to change the color of our thoughts so that we're looking more for the positive things throughout the day. Using affirmations or mantras can help with this as well. Celebrating your win. So I recently talked with Dr. BJ Fogg, who's a professor of habit change. And he says that it's not repetition that makes habits, it's emotion. So anytime that we do a new habit, that is uh, favorable, let's celebrate it. Let's tell ourselves good job so that we can make that habit permanent. Goals and focus, making sure that we're focused on our top five things for the day so that we can stay organized. Visualizing, that's something I used back as a young gymnast when I was you know, in middle school and high school and then also in CrossFit. Visualizing success, visualizing the practice going perfectly, visualizing the competition going perfectly. That's a tool that we can use in our day-to-day lives, visualizing a hard conversation going really well, visualizing a great presentation at work or being successful and reaching whatever goal it is that you're chasing. 
And then using role models, identifying the people who are doing what you want to be doing or who are living the way that you want to live and and modeling your life after them. Finally, I'll talk about relationships because we know, and I think we've all seen through the pandemic, how important our social connections and our relationships are in our health and well-being. And I love the quote from Jen Rohn that you are the average of five people you spend the most time with. It's really important to nurture these relationships, your important relationships, spend time on them. Um, And think about who is your team. So back when I was training for the CrossFit Games, I had a coach. I had multiple coaches for different specialty areas. I had a massage therapist, a chiropractor. I had a mental coach. Who are the people that you need on your team to help you be successful to reach your goals? Do you need, do you want a health coach? Do you need someone who's going to be a mentor to you? Someone's going to help you, hold you accountable. Do you need a physical therapist to help with a physical injury or limitation? Do you need a trainer, a nutrition coach? Who is it that's going to help you achieve success and put those people around you? And then there's community and giving back. So one of the things that I love most about CrossFit and the CrossFit community is how strong that community is, how we have people around us lifting us up and helping us be our best and then pouring back into that community, helping the people around you, um, whether it's mentoring them or just helping someone in need in your community. So those are some of the areas that I think we can all take an inventory on and see where we're at now, where do we need to improve in order to improve our overall health and get us closer to our goals. And I'll say that where I am now is very different and the approach that I'm taking is very different from when I was an athlete. And my only, my major goal was competing and winning the CrossFit Games. Now my goals are very different and that means my plan's very different, but I can have just as much attention and focus on each of these areas to get me to that new goal. So to summarize, let's think about awaking our inner athletes. We don't have to be professional athletes in order to bring the same level of focus and the same precision to achieving what our goals are. So first step is identifying your goal and your why and your purpose, then taking an honest inventory of where you are now. Where are you now and where do you need to be in order to achieve that goal? Using your health is one example. And then make a plan. How are you going to get there? Who are the people that you need to put around you? What are the things and the steps that you need to take in order to get there? I will share a couple of resources that have been especially helpful for me. So obviously I'm very passionate about CrossFit. It's really changed my life. But as a athlete, that is such a small part of what CrossFit is as a whole. And while I enjoyed that part, CrossFit really is for everyone. Um, And so I'd encourage anyone who's interested in surrounding themselves with a positive community, taking on new challenges. CrossFit's a great community to get involved with. Um, It really encompasses the physical part, but also the mental part, the community, nutrition, recovery. You'll be supported in all of those different domains. The best way to learn about it is just to look up your local CrossFit gym and see if you can talk to one of the coaches uh, and see if it's something that you want to try out. And then I'll talk a little bit about Wild Health, which is where I work now as a physician. So I'm very blessed to be able to work with individuals now to optimize their health in a personalized way. So today we went through some of the general recommendations that are going to help most people. But when we get to work together one-on-one as a patient, we can really drill down to what are the specific interventions that are going to work best for you and get you closer to your goals. So We'll look at things like your specific DNA, any wearable data that you have, whether it's a sleep tracker, a heart rate tracker, 
blood pressure, blood glucose. We'll look at comprehensive blood work. We'll look at your current symptoms, how you feel, any chronic diseases that you have, your microbiome, and we'll bring all this information together in an algorithm to help determine a personalized plan for you. And then we'll sit down with you as the patient, your doctor, and your health coach to see how this applies to your life and your goals. And we'll come up with a specific plan that we then iterate on. And along the way, we're always using data to check in and to see how you're doing, how you're moving towards your goals and making adjustments as needed. So anyone who's interested in checking out Wild Health and taking a more precise approach to your health, you can check out the website at wildhealth.com and We're also offering a unique discount code for all the participants of this event with Optimal Health 10 for 10% off your membership. So with that, I would just like to say thank you. I really encourage you all to think about yourselves as professional athletes. So maybe you aren't Tom Brady or Simone Biles, but maybe your goals and your purpose are actually even more important because they're yours and it's the only life you have. So I hope You can take this away, go through this process yourself, and make a plan that's going to get you closer to your goals. Thanks so much. Well, Julie, thank you. What an incredible talk. I agree. That was so great. We really appreciate you joining us, Julie. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on HealthGig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. To experience this talk with all the videos, slides, and graphics, visit our store at bbnrconsulting.us. Thanks for staying curious and for living your best life with us.